Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And as we open today, I'm wondering if you think of leadership as an inherited trait or something that you're born with. Is leadership something that either you have or don't have? And our guest today is Antonio Burrito, and he's a leadership transformational expert, and he shares with us why he thinks leadership is actually a skill and how you can develop it. Antonio is the author of My Daily Leadership, Powerful Roadmap for Leadership Success, and the founder and president of My Daily Leadership, which is a leadership development organization with a mission to inspire one million of the world's best leaders to reach their full potential. Antonio has over 25 years in senior leadership positions with world-class businesses. He's a serial entrepreneur, successful business coach, speaker, and has led numerous companies, including a Fortune 100 organization. You're going to love this interview, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. So my name is Antonio Garrido, which is G-A-R-R-I-D-O. My company is My Daily Leadership, one of my companies, the one we're talking about today at any rate. And my title is, I guess, owner, founder, general dog's body. (laughs) (laughs) One of the primary reasons I wanted to have you on is talk about my daily leadership in your book and what it's all about. And I really like the general premise of it. And just for our audience, let's just assume maybe this is their first time they're hearing about it. How might you summarize your teaching and what you go over in your book there? The principle, I guess, is that leadership is a skill, that people are not, there aren't just some that are fortunate enough to have been born with it and stamped on their DNA and they're excellent leaders. And other poor unfortunates don't have such a marvelous biological gift and they're (laughs) doomed to be followers for their whole lives. So so first of all, I think we all have we all have the leadership gene. We all have that leadership skill. We just have to develop it, I think, is the first thing to say. The second thing to say, the the book is about, or the program, the principles, are that we have a model for leadership that has been developed over too many years, more years than I'd like to admit. I'm fairly ancient, Tom. That's the truth of it. And worked for lots of very large companies and some excellent, excellent leaders. And and of course, in other businesses that we have, we've worked with excellent leaders. So we developed a a model for leadership, which we're quite very proud of. And we recognize that leadership skill comes from evaluated experience as opposed to time served. So a lot of leaders, they think, well, I've been a leader for 20 years, therefore I am the finished article. And, And but when we dig below the surface, what we actually find is that somebody's been a leader for 20 years. Really, what they've done is they learned for the first two years and then they just rinse and repeated for 10 years on the trot. So leadership is is a vocation as much as anything else. But we're all on this journey of, of development and trying to maximize our potential. And wisdom comes from evaluated experience. As I said, not time served. There is a model that we have for leadership. And Largely, a lot of people think that if I have the right kind of IQ, (laughs) intelligence, and technical skill, I will be a successful leader. But I think we all know now that EQ is a lot more to do with it. So we started putting these things together 
linked around self-awareness more than anything else. And, and so we put the program together to help leaders develop their self-awareness, develop themselves and their people and their business and their job. If I could sum, you know, Tom, you know that you could go to any Barnes & Noble or any bookshop, whatever you find, miles upon miles upon miles, shelf upon shelf of what leadership's about. And I guess for us, more than anything, it's about future-proofing yourself, your people, and your business, trying to make sure that, to use Marshall Goldsmith's language, what got you here won't necessarily get you there, and it's to prepare you to get there, if that makes sense. It's interesting, as you described the leader that maybe was trained for a couple of years and was attuned to what they were doing, and then all of a sudden they think, okay, well, I've learned, and now I'm ready to, as you described, rinse and repeat, and I just do that same thing for the next 10 years, or maybe the next 30 or 40 years of their whole career and retire and think that they were a quality leader. You really talk about this idea of leadership journaling, and really what you're talking about is, at least as I'm thinking and processing it, idea of reflection and application and thinking about what's happened and processed. So talk about how this intertwines with your leadership journaling idea. So I think, so to maybe to illustrate a little quick story to illustrate. So just before COVID happened, so I was a, a very early adopter. I caught COVID at the Super Bowl final just before it kind of hit the world, right? I did a talk to, gosh, let's say, Three or 400 leaders were in the audience. And I asked them, I said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, who here doesn't have any leadership blind spots? By a show of hands, so please put your hand in the air if you have no leadership blind spots. And thank goodness, Tom, nobody put their hands in the air. So that's already quite a self-aware bunch, right? Because you'd be amazed at how many think they're the finished article. So fortunately, nobody put their hands in the air, which means that at least they all have the the wherewithal to recognize that they probably did have some leadership blind spots. Terrific, said I. If you could just take a second now and write down what they are. Well, now that's where the problems start because everybody recognizes they probably have some blind spots, but they don't know what they are because if they knew what they were, then QED, they wouldn't be blind spots, right? So we so we all have blind spots, all of us. And how do we how do we eke them out? How do we discover what they are? How do we find out what they are? Well, it's tricky. Because, you know, it's first of all, it's hard to tell somebody they have an ugly baby. I don't know anybody that's a leader where somebody's knocked on the door and said, hey, Tom, have you got five minutes? And you say, yeah. And they go, I just think the last six months, you've just been very dreadful, right? I think you haven't done a good job yet. You haven't done a good job there. And so kind of like nobody tells you this kind of stuff. I'll never forget George Bush Sr., you know, the president. He, he'd left the White House. He was no longer president and he was just finishing off a pro am golf game and he just walked off the the 18th green and somebody shoved a camera in his face and said how was the golf mr president and in a moment of lucid thought he he took a second and he and he went it's amazing how many games of golf i've lost since leaving the white house right because whilst ever he was the president Everybody let him win. He's now no longer the president, and suddenly his game's gone off a cliff. But so, so we have this thing about, look, we have to grow our self-awareness. We have to figure out where our strengths and weaknesses lie. We, we talk in our program, of course, and in the book and in our business, that really you need to take some kind of benchmarking self-assessment, self-awareness assessment to figure out exactly where you are. For most people, 
they're not nearly as gorgeous and delicious as perhaps they've been led to believe by their people or their pay packet and think, gosh, I'm I'm all that, but you know, maybe you're not. And and we're all on this journey. So so the principle that daily reflective practice, where you say to yourself, I had a I had a, a chairman who said to me once, I'd just been made kind of CEO. In truth, Tom, I probably wasn't quite ready for it. It was a very large organization. You'd call it like a top, top 60, Fortune 60 company, like top 60 PLC, very, very large organization. There was obviously some kind of mix-up in HR, and I got the gig, right? So and I was talking to the to the chairman of the group not too long after that. He said, hey, I met you in the canteen, and he said, did a uh, couple of questions for you. So I said, yeah. He said, did you do your best today, and did you earn your money today? Well, I thought, well, that's – he always asked some incredibly insightful questions. So I, I said, well, yeah, I do think I've earned my money today. And here's why. And I did this and this. I came in early and and, and started kind of big whole list of the things that I had achieved or accomplished or at least attempted to do so. I went to this meeting. I made this contribution. So definitely, I think, earned my money today. He said, great. That's the right answer. He said, if you ever find yourself three days on a trot thinking, I'm not earning my money, he said, come and see me. I'll give you something to do. So so that did you earn your money today is a question it is actually a, a reflective question where you say, did I my money today? And you think about what did you do? This is this was a million years ago when I first started thinking about the processes that we started to put into play. The second question where I said, did you do your best today? I said, well, yeah, I, I did my best today because I did this and this and this and this. He said, well, so best is a tricky bar. It's a very high bar. Best is world gold. <laughs> or every time you run the race, it's your personal best or the... 120 pound mother that lifts up a car to free children. Like, did you do that today? I said, well, yeah, probably not. He said, okay, good. He said, the answer to did I do my best today is not, it's normally no, but did I am in money today? It's normally yes. What that then demands of you is to say, well, how could I have done better? So if I'm going to give myself a leadership report card for today and I'll give myself, let's say, a B plus for the sake of argument. Then I have to say, well, what could or should I have done to make that B plus an A minus? What should I not have said or what should I have said? What should I have maybe? You know, hindsight's a marvelous thing. Knowing now what we know, what would we have done differently? Well, that daily process of doing that reflective and reflexive practice, this wisdom comes from evaluated experience where you think, I could have done this a bit better. I could have done that a bit better. And I could have done this a bit better. The challenge is that when you ask people, I remember I was a customer years ago of Sandler Training in Baltimore, a training company. I know you know them well. One thing led to another, and I decided to start my own franchise in Miami. You can tell by the accent. There was nowhere else you were going to place me other than, my, other than in Miami, right? Long story how I got to Miami. But anyway, there we are. I'm in Miami now. started Sandler Training Company. And the CEO on my first day, asked me, hey, Antonio, do you journal? And I said, no, because I didn't at the time, right? Well, this was many, many years ago. I said, I said, no. And he said, oh, very quizzically, a very quizzical look on his face. He said, well, why? And, and I said, well, probably because I'm not a 16-year-old Victorian schoolgirl. I mean, I can't imagine who else might journal, right? <laughs> so, 
So he said, okay, well, why don't you do me a favor and find the most successful people that you can find in any walk of, you know, business, entertainment, sports, anything, right? Captain of a ship, pilot of an airplane, whatever, anybody you can find, what you consider hugely successful and go find 10 of them. Let me know how many of them journal. Well, I got to eight. And where the answer with from eight was, yes, of course, doesn't everybody? I was thinking, hmm, maybe, right? Because anyone you can think of, if you just Google now, well, there are other search engines available. If you just search, you know, first of all, maybe the benefits of journaling. Well, there's billions of things or famous people in history who have journaled. I mean, it's a huge list, right? And you've got to think there has to be a correlation. But then when you ask people, I mean, I'm going to ask you now, Tom, and put you on the spot and probably embarrass you. Do you journal? Off and on. That's my biggest struggle is the consistency of okay. doing it. Good, honest answer. Thank you. Yes. I, I feel bad for having sprung that on you. But but here's the thing. So when we talk to leaders of large, successful, or small, tiny, brand new startups, right, right across the piece, from the smallest to the largest, from the most established to the newest in every vertical, every market, every segment, right, every color and shade and size, do you journal? Those that do, do, and they go, yeah, I've been doing it for 30 years, why would I do anything other than, right? Or it's very, it's a polarizing question, or they kind of say, well, I would, but can I get into the habit like you a little? I haven't made that habitual practice yet. And some others say, well, I would, but I don't know what to write and when to write and how much to write. And if I knew, if I knew what to think about, if I knew how to do it, then you know, there's more like it's more likely that I might do it. And again, another reason for the book, which was like, okay, well, let's help leaders of any size that want to improve, that want to develop themselves, the people in their business. Let's walk them through a Day one, write this. Day two, write that. Write this many words about this and write those many words about that. And we we really hold people's hands through that whole process until, so I bet you brush your teeth every day, right, Tom? Of course, twice a day. So there are some things that are habitual and Tom just wouldn't be able to function properly. You wouldn't be able to go to bed if you hadn't brushed your teeth properly, right? So there are things that you do do and what you don't do is you don't wait until you don't brush your teeth at all all the week, but then on Sunday you have at them for like two hours till your gums bleed. It's this little, often 1% every day, but every day in this, this consistency compounds, right? And so when we give people the very clear program, what to write, when to write, why to write, and exactly exactly what the formula looks like, they can start to see the development and we don't, it's not a heavy load. It's every morning a little bit, every evening a little bit, very about this reflective and reflexive self-awareness growing program. They tend to get on board pretty quickly. So we really give them everything they need to, in other words, to grow and develop because no one else will do it for them. What are some of those questions that you encourage people to start with or maybe the first couple sections or pages in a book or journaling that you offer that could get someone thinking and going down that direction? In the book, My Data Leadership, right, we give a template of the first kind of 30 days on our website, www.mydailyleadership.com. We give other templates that you can just download for free and, and start to have a go. But But there are some if you like, consistent 
threads that continue throughout from the most basic right through to the most experienced and advanced, and we, we cover everything in between, but not least this principle of self-reflection, what would my re- what would my leadership report card look today? That that's a very kind of common thread. We position it kind of differently, but wherever you are on the rung, and even if you're not at leadership yet, at that leadership level yet, this principle of how, you know, if I had my chance to replay the day, how would I have done things differently? That is an amazingly powerful tool that I've had people our clients reach out to us specifically about that, just that one particular question and how it's made huge differences to once you start asking yourself that question every day and your subconscious latches onto it to say, this is something that, guys, that we're going to have to report on a little bit later, right? It's like, you know, when, I don't know what car you drive, Tom, but the day that you bought that car, right, as you were driving home, what did you see? A million of those cars that hitherto you hadn't seen. And it's not that suddenly they're on the road where yesterday there were none, right? What happened is now your subconscious is alive to that car. And it's that that brand and that car is now on your subconscious radar, if you like. And suddenly you see them all over the place where you've driven past them before, but you hadn't paid any attention to them. And that principle of, hey, hey, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss Subconscious, right? There are some things that we're going to have to think about every day. So let's store them away. So what will happen pretty soon? That just with this, just this one specific question is, you know, what could I have done better or different, or what shouldn't I have done? Right, that that particular question. What happens is you'll have an interaction with somebody, you'll send an email to somebody, and then we get it all the time. Someone will email us and say, you know, I sent this email to somebody. I instantly wished I could have brought it back, but couldn't. So then had to call them and talked about it. And thanks very much. And these great things happened just because they thought, oh, well, this will save me time later, not living with regret for something I could have, should have, would have done and just do it now type of thing. So what it does is it doesn't only, it helps build your hindsight, right? Because hindsight leads to insight, which leads to foresight, which leads to resight, okay? So it builds your hindsight muscle so that you can actually get a bit more insight and think, I could do it like that, but that's probably a lazy way. Let me do it a little bit more intentionally and do it like this. So that's one of the questions, which is what could and should I have done? That's a question that we always ask ourselves. Another question that we're constantly asking our leaders is we break leadership down into a whole bunch of sections, but five main sections really, which is people development. So the best leaders are really good at developing people. Company development. So instead of just saying, I am a leader, we start to say, well, what could I do to develop my people better? What could I do to develop my company better? What could I have done to develop myself better? Other leaders and strategy development, what could we do better on strategies? So it's not just the, what could I have done better today? It's then we get into what could I have done better in these particular five areas, right? And so that helps develop, gives a bit more focus to things. This is a great overview. And I love the resources you have available for someone to get started and make it easy for them to get a quick download, go to your website, review it, and just start. I think as I listen to you share this, and even in my own 
inconsistencies. I'll be on for, I do a, a really nice job for a few weeks and then it's a few months off and then I'm back on, you know, it's almost like working out a little bit. So I think about that and the resources you have provide a nice framework just to jump in, just go, just start, just get going on it. And, you know, a plan gets late one day at a time and, you know, plan, but you know, if there's anything worth being intentional about, I think it's the development of you and your people and your business. If you're a leader, it's let's be intentional about that. Intentionality is so powerful. And then let's just say, you know what? If you have a business plan, and I'm sure that every everybody that that's you know a fan of your podcast, they must have right. So they'll ha- they'll they'll have a business plan and they'll pay attention to a business plan every day. They'll review the numbers every day. They'll think about the KPIs every day, the goals every day. Certainly every month and then quarterly and much more. Yeah, formally, you know, often. Well, just have a plan for you, right? And your leadership, have a leadership development plan and work that plan. And in the same way that that your business plan gets delayed one day at a time, so does so does your leadership plan get delayed one day at a time. So just be just be as intentional about another super quick story. So I had another leader that said to me, Hey, listen, I know I love this. Yeah. Okay, this is great. Yeah, no, I should do this. Yeah, yeah. How, how can you help me with this? I said, well, in in what way? You know, what does what does help mean in your particular? <laughs> what does that mean? And he said, well, you know, how can you hold me accountable to it? I said, do you have any children? He said, yeah, I've got like three kids, and then gave me the dad. So, okay, well, do you remember when the first one was born? Did you ever change its nappy or its diaper? Did you ever feed it? Did you ever like, look after it? Did you ever dress it? Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. So who held you accountable to feeding your children? And he went, well, nobody held me accountable to feeding my children. I said, well, then why did you do it? He said, well, because it's just something you've got to do. I said, well, when you become a leader, it's just something you've got to do. You've got to develop yourself, right? You've got to future-proof you and your people and your business because your job, what's a leader's job? A leader's job is to make decisions. Will every decision be the best decision on the planet? No. Like, if you ever read Bill Clinton's book, I can't remember what it was called. It's a pretty good book. He's quite thick, but he was quite a good orator, Bill Clinton. I quite like the cut of his jib. And he said that whilst ever he was the president, he said, come on, it can't be my way. That must be Frank Sinatra. But anyway, so he said, whilst ever I was the president of the United States, probably, you know, quote-unquote, leader of the free world of making some of the most difficult decisions on the planet, maybe about Palestinians and the Israelis on the West Bank, maybe about Northern Ireland, maybe about terrorism, maybe about the economy, like tricky, tricky questions. And he said, the best I could ever do was seven out of 10, right? Seven out of 10 decisions, and I hope that those seven outweighed those three. Well, leadership's the same. Your job is to make good decisions, right? Is every decision the one that you're going to make perfect? No, it's absolutely not. And unless we figure out why and how it could have been better and what skills and abilities do I need to develop, where do I need to raise my self-awareness and my EQ? Where are my self-limiting beliefs and blind spots holding me back? What kind of plans and actions aren't as good as they should be? If you don't do it, who's going to do it for you? I, I just don't know who, right? So, got to do it. Got to do it. You got to do it. 
Well, Antonio, this is a great time in the show for us to make a transition where we ask every guest the same four questions before they go. And the first question is, have you had a miss or two in your career and something you learned from it? Oh, I've had masses of misses. One of the ones I think I talked not in this book, and I've written other books, but in, in I think my second book, I worked, I worked for an organization when I took over as sales and marketing director. A company was about 40% behind in its sales targets. Scroll on six months and we're now 40% ahead. And it was time for my review. And I was skipping like Fred Astaire down the corridor to go and see my CEO for my review, for my appraisal. And in my head, I was already, you know, I was already spending the money. I was thinking, so I could get a cabin in Aspen, I could get a boat, right? I was already doing all of these things. And I walked into his office and I sat down and he said, so Antonio, give me your view of the last six months. How do you think it went? And I started saying, I think it was terrific. I did this and this, and we did this and we did that and started regaling him with all of the achievements that we had made. And yet his face was a stony, it was very, very bleak, right? And I was thinking, this isn't, this, I, I don't know why, but I know this isn't flying and I wasn't entirely sure why. So I kind of ran out of steam and 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 then I thought I, I should have approached this differently. And I said, well, what do you think? <laughs> right. So he said, he said, a business that's 40% ahead of targets is out of control as a business that's 40% behind in its targets. And I went, I mean, crestfallen, crushed, you can't imagine. And I went, oh, right. Okay. So tell me about, tell me about costs. I said, well, yeah, costs have gone up a little bit. He said, yeah, we're running three eight-hour shifts, right? Tell me, and costs have gone up. Tell me about accident rates. Yeah, we've had a few accidents lately. Yeah, because everybody's knackered and working so hard. Tell me about on time in full. Well, yeah, that's dropped from 97% to 86%. Yeah, so customers are leaving, so we're losing market share, so our competitors are taking market Right, and like for everything that I thought was great, there was another side of the coin. So the lesson to me was be very clear about unintentional consequences of things. I think that's that's probably that's probably the lesson. Most companies, if a leader can come in with a with the right, and I'm doing speech marks in the air because really it's the wrong, the right kind of leader can turn a company from making a loss to a positive. But if the style, if it's not done well, if people aren't brought with you, if it isn't done consistent with core values and stuff, then then you cause more problems than and the solutions that you think you've brought. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. And let's talk about a make or two, a highlight. It's it's actually, it's another miss, but it's also a highlight because it's probably the best lesson I've ever learned, right? Which we were quoting, we quoted that large project, the largest project we'd ever quoted, and we didn't get it. And the what I I thought we didn't get it because of the price was too high. And I thought that we hadn't brought enough value. And most people make the mistake of thinking that they don't get business as a consequence of price and, and things are never bought in price. Everything's to do with value. What I learned was the reason we didn't get it was because we hadn't discussed properly the implementation. And it was the implementation that was the issue. So when we talk to people about you know, what's the cost, what's the price, what's the budget, all of those kind of things. Make sure you understand that dollars is only the smallest piece of it. It's an important piece of it, but it's not the most important piece. So when you're talking to 
prospects and clients start to use the word other than competitive price, which of course is critical, what other criteria would you be using when you're deciding who to partner with on a project like this? And really make sure you understand what that is. When I learned that, things got significantly better. My prices went significantly up too. Great lesson learned. That's a great application. And let's talk about a multiplier. We get a great wide variety here. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, what can I say other than generally? I mean, there's nothing else I can possibly say. So, but one of the things that we do talk about in the in the book and in the program a lot is is make sure that you know you hire and onboard right and just make sure you get the right capabilities, credibilities, competencies, and it's not just about chemistry. But then also, if you can figure out in the way that Lego did, so you can research that. If you can figure out as a leader, doesn't doesn't matter the size of the organization. If you can figure out how to get your people not just cooperating, but collaborating, collaboration is the absolute force multiplier in any business where people will, and and it has to start with you. You as the leader have to cascade that. And it's not just saying, it's not just asking the question, how can I help? Because most people go, no, boss, you're okay, I'm fine. But force an answer out of that. How can I help? You know, what's broken? What's missing? What are you confused about? How can I help? Force an answer to that. Get people to collaborate, not just cooperate, and the world will change. Well, Antonio, the final question we ask every guest before they go is, what does success mean to you? Listen, I got, we've got a very clear view about this. And when you ask 100 CEOs, you say, what is success? Here's what you get. I'm not wanting to disparage any answers you've had of that question from any of your previous <laughs> But they were all wrong because I'm going to give you the right answer in a second, right? But they're going to say things like, I mean, you know, from a very, you know, flippant answer on one end, whoever dies with the most toys wins, right? Then you're going to get other people to say, you know, reaching goals, right? Reaching your goals, that's what success is. And you know what? That I have a cousin, really, really lovely guy who has such little self-belief that he sets himself such poor, low goals and he, he achieves them, but by any measure, would anybody look at them and see that he was a success? No, I mean, I love him dearly, but he's not, you know, and he's unhappy. So some people also say that, well, success is happiness. And, you know, when we look at some of the people that we coach and train, some leaders of large as well, very large and complex organizations, that revenues of billions and casts of thousands is like Gandhi, you know, every time they walk into the place. And by any measure, anybody looking at them would say, well, that's a successful person. And yet, very often, they're unhappy. So if you're measuring success by billions in the bank and they're unhappy, I don't think you can call that successful. Okay, so to answer your question, so that's that's what it isn't. What it is, for, for me and for us and for the business that we have and the model that we have, success is, is reaching your full potential whatever your potential is. So there'll be some people whose potential is down here and that's where they're at. And so they're happy. And then there'll be other people, these billionaires, who their potential is here. They're only here. And that delta, that gap between where they are and where they think they should be, that delta, that unfulfilled, unrealized potential means that they don't feel successful. So as a leader, it's our job to maximize our potential. The people that report to us, people in the organization, and the business's potential. So that's why we have this leadership development model that talks about maximizing potential. So for me, success is anybody that has 
or is on the path, is on a clear path to maximizing their potential, then they are successful. Wonderful. Well, Antonio, is there anything you are hoping to share or maybe get across you haven't had a chance to yet before we go? Honestly, no. Just if you're a leader, get yourself assessed. There are lots of assessments out there. None of them are as good as ours. I would say that, wouldn't I, right? Check out our website. Have a look. Get yourself assessed. Take a leadership health check, a business health check. You get yourself checked, you know, medically every every year. Go have a look and figure out whether where your gaps are and then figure out how to close them. And that website, again, that's mydailyleadership.com. Is that the best place to visit? That's it. Mydailyleadership.com. All one word, apart from the dot and then the com. But mydailyleadership is one word, dot com. Antonio, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when Antonio described leadership being a skill. And he said, just because someone happens to be a leader for 20 years, that doesn't mean that they're a good leader. He described leadership as being a vocation and people need to grow in that vocation. Takeaway number two is he provided three reflective questions that led him down his journey to start leadership journaling and something maybe for you to start with. The first question was, did you earn your money today? The second was, did you do your best today? And number three is, how could I have done better? Those are three great starting questions to begin your reflective journaling process. And takeaway number three is that he and his organization describe leadership as having five sections to ask questions, what can I do today to help, one, people develop, two, the company develop, yourself develop as number three, number four, other leaders develop, and number five, develop strategy. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is when Antonio talked about his multiplier being journaling, which came as no surprise because he's a huge proponent of leadership journaling. And he said, why journaling is so important is because he asked the question is, how do you hold yourself accountable as a leader? And journaling allows you to hold yourself accountable. And you ask the question, if I had a chance to replay today, what would I have done differently? And he said, by asking that question and many others, it helps develop your hindsight, which leads to insight, which leads to foresight, which leads to resight. And so I thought that was a great takeaway and a great win-win for today. And so that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise your business or take your franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week.